Hi, and welcome to Black, White, but mostly gray, because life is not always neat and tidy. We live our lives in a million shades of gray, where the lines between right and wrong are blurred by our different values and experiences. If we take the time to look beyond the labels, we understand that most things are complex and nuanced. Not every situation is good or bad. Not everything is right or wrong. There are many gray areas in life, and that's what we want to explore. So open your minds and join us. Welcome to our pilot episode of Black, White, but Mostly Gray. My name is Aliki, and with me is my co-host, Den. Welcome, Den. Well, thanks, Aliki. Aliki and I uh, really struggle on how we're going to introduce ourselves because we both love to talk, but we don't like to talk about ourselves. Now, some people who are listening to this, Aliki, will find that very hard to believe. (laughs) It is so true. It is. Who would have thunk, right? Yeah, but we did come up with a compromise where I'm going to introduce her and she's going to introduce me. Uh, Aliki is a Uganda-born woman who immigrated to the United States uh, after she hung out at two refugee camps while the Idi Amin regime was being dismantled. Uh, She's very outspoken. She's very well-read, and she has a fascinating perspective that I love and I I think it's going to make you think twice about the things you've always taken for granted. Well, thanks, Deno. Um, Dan has uh, an interesting way to look at life. Well, he has many of the uh, traits you would expect from a 60-something-year-old, you know, ex-jock, you know, testosterone male. He's also very compassionate and caring. Um, I think that's where our connection is. He's got an open mind and, and a warm heart. Uh, it's hard to believe that two people uh, can be as different as we are and yet have so much in common. Yeah, you know, Leaky, that's really one of the concepts we want to focus on, you know, what we have in common in a world and a nation, you know, that's so divided, so contentious. We want to contribute to a more positive narrative. You know, uh, Leaky, I, I saw this poll, uh, New York, New Gov. It says a majority of Americans, actually 65%, that think the U.S. is more divided than ever. Um, and more than two-thirds of Americans today view members of the other political party as immoral and dishonest. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what used to be seen as kind of tolerable differences has now <laughs> become very profoundly personal. That's a 65%. That's a big number. Uh, The question I have, though, is, is it a higher percentage of people thinking that way? Or do we now just have access to so many people, you know, with social media? We're able to actually see the stuff that we never used to see before. So. Yeah, I I, I do think, uh, you know, social media has really helped contribute to an environment today where it seems you can't disagree with someone without hating them. I know. We need to change uh, that thinking, and it starts with improving our relationships. 
especially with people we don't see eye to eye with. You know, it's uh, it's all about relationships. My formula is life equals quality relationships, Dan. Uh, all, all the different divisions and separations in society, uh, you know, can be broken down to that one formula. So we really need to make an effort to truly uh, understand one another and see where we're all coming from. It's just different perspectives, but essentially we all want the same things in life. Yeah, and, you know, Aliki, as you said in our opening, we plan to explore the many areas of gray in our life and hopefully uh, make people rethink the way they think, especially regarding long-held beliefs and prejudices, you know, that really have been hardwired throughout our life through repetition and time. You know, we've never done a podcast, so this has been a... uh, learning process and a labor of love for both of us. Aliki, what do you think about uh, putting this podcast together and have you enjoyed the process? <laughs> well, you know, I like to think I'm a process person, but I don't know. Sometimes it's uh, it's challenging. Uh, so it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, experience so far. Um, I, I've really just enjoyed the the. Uh, part about, you know, doing the research on the different topics, you know, discussing ideas and whatever. So I, I feel like we get to do that. So that's been my favorite, favorite part. And then, you know, I've also just learned a, uh, a lot about the process. You know, I think you're really good with the process part, you know, uh, the scripting and all of those other aspects. And, you know, we're using this app, um, everyone called Ali too. I hope I said that right i said the name right alitu and A-L-I-T-U. Uh, yes. alitu yes and i know it's it allows us to record edit and add music and publish so it's been a trip learning all the different steps right dan yeah um you know our process is uh you know we research the topic we script the opening just to keep it on track uh you know then then we get in the topic and away we go yeah, the scripted part can sound a little stiff, but, you know, hang on, uh, because it gets better and better as we go along. And <laughs> <laughs> we had to script part of it. Otherwise, we would just talk about a million different things and never stay on task. So remember, it's all about the message. Um, you know, Aliki talked about the importance of relationships in their lives. Uh, and one of the cornerstones of building strong relationships is forgiveness, uh, which happens to be the topic of our pilot episode. Well, first up, we're going to talk about a woman who faced her son's killer in court and wrestled to see if she could find it in her heart to forgive him. We'll do that right after this short break. By the way, we're super excited about our original bumper tunes which uh, were produced by Kalanji Kadima, a great friend of ours, a.k.a. Cogniac for KP Platinum Sound Studios. That's a mouthful. Uh, so listen to his tunes, and we'll catch you after the break. Cognac for KP Platinum Sound Studios. We thank you. Welcome back to Black, White, But Mostly Gray. 
Uh, some of you might be familiar with the trial of Daniel Perry, who was convicted of murder for uh, killing Garrett Foster during a downtown Black Lives Matter protest in Austin. Uh, both Perry and uh, both Perry and Foster are white. Uh, Perry was working as a rideshare driver uh, when he shot and killed Foster, uh, an Air Force veteran who also uh, was legally carrying an AK-47. Um, you know, it's really become a leaky, uh, explosive political stew of arguments over gun right. Uh, on the other, on the other side of the fence, people are claiming that, uh, Daniel Perry had a right to self-defense. Uh, you know, the governor dived into this. It's, it's really become a mess. Wow. And that's only because uh, of the whole black lives matter aspect of it, I believe, because I mean, think about how similar these guys are in many ways. You know, they're both white guys. They both believe in their freedom. Both uh, military. Both uh, military. Veterans, yeah. Yes, yes. But, you know, the, the sad part about it is uh, how, you know, politicized it, it became. So I read where, you know, Foster's common law wife, uh, this 31-year-old black woman, you know, like talked about what he meant for, you know, to her. You know, this 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 black woman, you know, she her four limbs were amputated below her elbows and knees when she was a teenager. Yeah, they they met in in high school. In high school, yeah, yeah. And and she talks about how drastically her life has changed since, you know, uh Foster was killed. Well, he you know? did basically everything for her. Oh, he did. I mean, they've been living together since 2014. Uh and she said he wasn't only a husband to her. But uh, her caretaker, she said, you know, he helped her get into a wheelchair each morning. Uh, he helped her use the bathroom, shower, eat, even pursue her dream of, you know, designing clothing. Uh, so it, it, killing Foster really just shattered this woman's life as well because of how much she depended on him. And we never get to hear about that aspect of, uh, of of these cases because everything just becomes so politicized. We forget the human beings behind these politicized cases. Well, you know, on the other hand, and you just, uh, you know, Daniel Perry's supporters say he's a, you know, he's a stand-up guy. He's not a racist. He had uh, black members of, uh, of his troop uh, testify on his behalf, you know, and his supporters and the governor really is coming down on the side of, well, you know, um, a man was approaching him with a loaded gun and he has a right to defend himself. Um, but you know what? We're not going to get into uh, a big discussion today of gun rights and Black Lives Matter. Uh, we want to take a different spin on this because um, at the end of the trial, Sheila Foster, who is uh, uh, Garrett's mother, was allowed to address Perry after he was sentenced to 25 years. And one of the things she said is that after three long years, we are finally getting justice for Garrett. Mr. Perry, I pray to God that one day he will rid you of all the hate is in your heart. Um. So, Aliki, what, uh, 
I, I've heard a lot of people address, uh, you know, the murders of their loved ones on TV. I don't, I don't stand in court and watch these, but um, a lot of, I, you know, I hope to see rotten hell type things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sheila took this opportunity to, uh, uh, in my, you know, in one sense to forgive the killer of her son. What do you think about that? That's very big of uh, Sheila Foster. I Is it realistic, though? Well, I mean, I think it depends on where a person is in their life. Uh, I think, um, for me, the way I see it anyways, uh, Sheila, I mean, she did two really big things for me that I like, Um Given, you know, the backdrop of, uh, you know, when this case actually took place, you know, this this was after the uh, killing of uh, George Floyd and, uh, you know, by a white Minneapolis uh, police officer and, you know, and, 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 and all the firestorm that came out of that, you know, to, I think her saying what she said, uh, it was almost kind of like looking at her son. Uh, as a George Floyd character as well, because, you know, in a, in a way, you know, he was also kind of sacrificed. He was out there, you know, uh, doing what he was doing as a citizen and uh, he got martyred, you know. And so so there's that aspect of it. And then there's the spiritual aspect of the whole forgiveness aspect. Um, you got to do it. There's no other way to live after something this heinous has happened to you. Uh, you're either going to live in the bitterness and, and, and die, you know, in that, you know, stewed in bitterness and pain, or you find a way to, to move through the pain and uh, turn something uh, ugly into something beautiful. She's not, not alone. There's a lot of cases. Uh, another case, Georgia Farrell, uh, her son was shot 10 times by a police officer um, just days after the death. Farrell told the officer who killed her son that she forgave him. She said, you know, you took a piece of my heart that never can be put back, but I forgive you. I mean, I uh, think a lot of us struggle with the thought of, you know, looking at someone who took something so precious away from us and looking them in the eye and saying, I forgive you. Yeah, Oof, that's a that's a deep one. Forgiveness. And you know me. You've known me for a long time now, Dan. I struggle with forgiveness. You know, it's uh, something I've, uh, that's at the top of my list of things I work on daily. Well, you that's, know, that's been the journey. There's a, uh, believe it or not, uh, there's a forgiveness project at Stanford University headed up by a Dr. Fred Luskin. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, that those who let go of intense anger immediately after a tragic loss, uh, might be practicing um, a long-practiced forgiving attitude, you know, which is hardwired in the behavior, so it becomes like a reflex. Uh, he also says some people, you know, experience uh, forgiveness as a form of grace in the midst of unimaginable pain. Something comes in and gives you a way out to peacefulness. Yes. Um, so certainly there is a, you know, there there is a personal benefit to forgiving others. Yes. So I like how this uh, uh, Dr. Luskin puts it, you know, because he's given us the two faces of the same coin. 
uh, you know, one is, you know, a bit more, I guess, one could look at it as being a little bit more proactive, you know, because you know that this is what you need to do to basically move beyond the anger. And then there's the other one that, you know, I think it takes a little bit more time. I think grace, you know, forgiveness as a form of grace takes time. You almost have to go through all the different stages and then you just surrender. And uh, that's where the, the, the grace comes in. Um, that's, that's a, that is, that's what I like to call alchemy. You know, like you're really transforming. That's transmutation. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Well, you know, Christians, uh, uh, forgiveness kind of lies at the heart of Christianity. Uh, uh, you know, probably the most popular Christian prayer in the world. You know, the Our Father talks about uh, uh, asking God for forgiveness, but then uh, asking us to forgive others uh, who sin against us. You know, and uh, the Apostle Peter asked Jesus, for example, how many how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? And uh, Jesus said, no, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. So I, I still struggle. I would, like, I would like to think, I, I would like to think that, you know, I am, you know, such a perfect human being that if someone took a loved one away, I could embrace them and say, I forgive you, but um, I'm not so sure. What really gets me is the hypocrisy, as you, you mentioned, because it seems like there's certain kinds of things that are easily, or at least we've been... Uh, um, we've been kind of taught or brainwashed into thinking that, you know, uh, there are certain things that are a lot more forgivable than others. And, you know, there's certain things we excuse, you know, and then others we do not. I mean, it's so uh, black and white in a way um, that sometimes it's just, it's it's a hard topic to 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 even discuss, you know, without getting annoyed by the whole thing, the, the double standards. Double standards. Yeah. Well, speaking of double, double standards, uh, we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to figure out uh, if we can forgive a man with maybe, uh, maybe the most evil man in the world, Aliki. Uh, uh, one of the latest ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the many in the long line of uh, most evil men of the world. Exactly. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about him uh, in our next segment. We'll be right back after this uh, short musical break. Stay with us. You know, Aliki, everyone likes a good redemption story, and there's few more remarkable than that of the notorious Liberian warlord, General Butt-Naked. You know, oh some in his country call him the most evil man in the world. Oh, my God. This guy, whew, I mean, he certainly is evil. Uh, and like we said before, there's such a long list of those types of evil people, but uh Interestingly, you know, he earned his name, uh, his nickname, General Butt Naked, uh, I guess, from fighting uh, street battles during the Liberian uh, Civil War uh, back in the With 80s. With no clothes on. With no clothes on. 
Yeah. Um, he 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 killed. I guess he's estimated to have killed over twenty thousand uh, of his fellow uh, citizens. Which and which he's admitted to. He's admitted to yes, but of course we'll never know exactly. Right. You know what those numbers are. Big numbers. And uh, he was employed as uh, a magician. I guess someone who could uh, tell fortunes and do rituals and you can see that in some of the rituals he did uh, uh during the Liberian Civil War where he mostly targeted girls uh young yeah, girls he, he would he would slaughter a child uh, in sacrifice before going into battle and in uh uh in this Liberia Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh uh he appeared before them and, and admitted that. And he admitted that the children uh, were usually young girls uh, mm -hmm. between the ages of three and 12. And, and, you know, it's, it's and just then that he and his fighters would consume parts of the victim's body, oh, their, their organs, their hearts. I oh mean, it's my just, God. Yeah. Oh my God. You see, you this... know, he was never, he was never punished for his crime. So can you, can you imagine after doing such despicable things, uh, he only had to appear before a truth and reconciliation commission. That is just ridiculous. I mean, well, his, his crimes occurred in the nineties. Uh, the truth commission, uh, was formed in 2002 and only had jurisdiction over crimes committed since then. So he admitted to all these crimes, but before, but because they were before 2002, he was never punished. And <laughs> then, and then, he changed his life. That is, yeah. yeah. Now, isn't uh, he some some kind of like an evangelical uh, pastor, an evangelist? A preacher, a preacher called Joshua. Um, his mom calls him a good boy. Uh, and one of the things he does in his new role as a preacher is he visits his victims. Uh, obviously, I can't imagine he's visiting all 20,000. Um, and is asking them to forgive him and he doesn't want ordinary forgiveness he wants complete forgiveness that comes from the depths of their hearts aliki how can you how, how can you uh forgive a person as heinous as this guy oh my god that it has to take something deep within you i mean i don't know if i could forgive this guy i mean i have so many i just have so much that I would like for him to answer for, you know, like something that's very close to my heart as an African girl is the awareness that, uh, you know, a lot of African children, especially little girls, are always used in these sacrifices. You know, there's just a lot of atrocious things that that happen to our uh, African girls, like, you know, the mutilations and uh, all of this stupid superstitious stuff that targets little girls. It's it's. It's crazy, and he needs to answer for that kind of stuff. You know, there's a movie out there. It's called The Redemption of General Butt Naked. I think it's on Netflix. But uh, uh, among, you know, documenting some of the things that we talked about, uh, the film also challenges viewers to ask important questions about, you know, the power of limits of forgiveness. Um, but to your point, uh, forgiveness is not always about the person that you're forgiving. What psychology today says that forgiveness is basically, you know, if you look at the definition of it, that is the release of resentment or anger. 
And, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, you necessarily forget, you know, what happens or, you know, or, or you know, accept harmful behavior, you know, behaviors from other people uh, who, you know, the offenders or whatever. But it's really, you know, it's more for uh, mental health. And uh, also, you know, it's, you have to be able to emotion to emotionally release these uh, traumas we, we face when well, things like a- happen. Yeah, there's a a report uh, out from John Hopkins study, I guess, because uh, they're in medicine, so they do studies. They don't do reports. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, but they found that the act of forgiveness can actually reap huge benefits for your health. Um, let me just tick some of them off. It can lower your risk of heart attack. It can improve your cholesterol level and sleep, uh, reduce pain, blood pressure. Not to mention, uh, you know, to keep away anxiety and depression and the stress of always having somebody in your head and your heart, you know, like, I mean, it's just that the feeling like when, uh, I mean, and I know it all too well, when I don't like somebody, just the feeling like I get when I'm around them, I'm like, ugh, I don't like this feeling that, that and alone uh, is enough for me to be like, Yeah. You know, I just got to do this for me because I don't want my body to be in this, you know, fight or flight mode whenever I I think about someone or I come across, you know, someone or I'm sitting next to somebody. It's just, it's horrible for you. You know, letting go and saying, I forgive you. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, that you necessarily have to reconcile even with the person. You know, you don't have to return to the same relationship. You can forgive them as a, uh, release of anger for your own, you know, mental health. Yep. So that's where your power comes in to rise above um, all of that, the anger and hate and resentment for your sake. You know, you get to that point uh, after a certain p- period of time, after you spent time going through the different stage of, you know, the grieving process. And I think it's important you know, when the anger comes to be able to, within reason, express it, you know, let the tears, you know, flow, let, you know, like cry into the pillow, do whatever you need to do um, to get yourself uh, out of, out of that state. Uh, but, you know, give you, give you, give yourself time, give you, and, and be kind to yourself. I have, uh, you know, been going through my own process and I've, finally feel like, you know, in my fourth decade on this planet, I'm starting to find some peace, you know, and, uh, you know, this general butt naked story, you know, it hits me at a certain aspect because, you know, we're dealing with war here, you know, refugee life, you know, children who grew up. Uh, things that are very near and dear to your heart. Things that I have been through. So, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and, I, and I I have my story too. And, and, you know, for a very long time, I felt, you know, a lot of resentment. I felt like, you know, there, there was a genocide that occurred where I, I was born and raised. And, uh, you know, nobody knows about it. You know, no, no one's answered for it. Um, so, you know, there are these things that, that overlap. But, you know, if we're going to live and trying to live a good life, we have to find ways of rising above those kind of uh, feelings. And uh, some days it's easier said than done. but we got to do it, you know, nonetheless. Absolutely. Well, 
I want to thank everyone for listening to our pilot episode of Black, White, but Mostly Gray. Uh, join us next time uh, as Aliki and I talk about when brands get it wrong. That should be a good one. Uh, Aliki, always a pleasure exploring the many shades of gray with you. You as well, Deno. And uh, for all our listeners, please keep an open mind, a kind heart, and join us next time for Black, White, but Mostly Gray. Namaste, my friends.